You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bigger Than Beer, a podcast dedicated to highlighting the larger impact of craft beer and the people within this industry. This season's topic is women plus in the industry, and our goal with this platform is to shine a light on the outstanding women who are in various fields of the hop and beer industry while exploring solutions for positive change. My name is Tony Lynn Adams, and I am honored to be serving as host of the Bigger Than Beer podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode four of Bigger Than Beer season one. I'm very excited for today's guest joining all the way from Australia to share her career experience as a professional working in sales and marketing for a leading distributor of brewing ingredients for the Australian and New Zealand beer industry. Steph Howard, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me and I am very much looking forward to learning more about your, your journey and, and experience in this field. Uh, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about yourself, including your educational and professional background. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so like um, Tony Lynn just said, my name's Steph Howard and I am the Sales and Marketing Support Manager here at Cryomalt down in Australia and New Zealand. Um, you may be able to tell from my accent that I am a Kiwi and I am a New Zealander. Um, recently moved to Australia just prior to COVID hitting, so I don't know if it was very smart moving away from all my family right before that. Um, but hey, it's been an adventure being locked down for the last two years, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, so like I said, I was born and raised in New Zealand, um, grew up in Auckland, um, which is kind of in the North Island, that sort of area. Um, grew up very close to the ocean. Um, we, my family, we, we fish, we dive, we spend every moment we can out on the water doing water sports and and everything, um, which definitely kind of has a big influence on what I still do today and who I am for sure. Um, so after I finished high school, um, I went on to university and studied accounting and marketing in university. So it was kind of quite a, a mixture of stuff. My mum's an accountant, so I definitely had a lot of influence from her. Um, after that, I was actually um, up at our, our holiday house, which is on an island north of Auckland. And I was up there and I, I used to work at the local pub up there over the summer. And I was up there and I was kind of just scrolling through kind of a job ad website one day and managed to, to come across an advert for a job at Cryomalt, no idea who they were, what it was. And to be honest, I probably back then I had very little interest in beer. Like I knew what it was, but that's kind of probably the extent of my knowledge. Um, yeah, and applied for the job and um, was very fortunate enough to, to get the job and I've been there ever since. So I guess kind of with my professional background is I haven't really had a huge professional background because I've been with Primalt straight out of uni and coming on next year, I think seven years since I've been there now. Wow, that's wonderful that you, you've been with them for that period of time and um, as luck would have it, saw that ad and took it and uh, look at that, that career journey. And, and did you, and was the position that you joined in related to the one that you're in now? Did I miss that? No, like absolutely not. So I was actually employed as accounts payable 
Okay. Like it was a very junior accounts job that I came in. Um, back then, Cryomalt was a was a very small team. I'd say there was probably eight of us, eight to ten of us. Like it was a really really small team. We were in a little office in um, Mount Eden in Auckland, um, running everything for Australia and New Zealand out of that little office. Um, yeah, and got employed. So Dave, um, Cryer Malt was started by David and Claire Cryer, um, husband and wife. Da and Claire kind of looked after all the accounts side of the business and David looked after all the sales side of the business. And yeah, so Claire actually hired me. Um, I think David was off on some sales trip somewhere or something at the time when I was interviewed. Um, and then, yeah, and then probably about six months in, this kind of opportunity came up to kind of help out with marketing. They had no one in marketing at the time, no one looking after any of that area. It was kind of all driven by um, David and and we had one sales manager. So it was dri driven by the two of them. And yeah, I started off with my, I think my first ever event I kind of looked after was Good Bear Week um, here in Melbourne, which is 10 days of, uh, around 250, 280 events across Victoria. Um, I know Kelly um, was very fortunate to come down and spend it with me about two years ago. Um, and I know Cheyenne was supposed to come down last year. Unfortunately, COVID put a damper on things there. And I know she's very much looking forward to joining me when she can. Yeah. Um, but it's an awesome get together. You, you have people attend from all across the world. Um, the Australian International Bear Awards happen at the exact same time. Um, so it seems to draw a bit more of an international um, presence as well. But yeah, so, so started um, working in marketing and then slowly kind of took over from marketing and moved into that role. And then about 18 months ago, um, we had a bit of, we had a, a staff member leave and a bit of a change in um, the structure of how we structured the sales and marketing department. And I was fortunate enough to take on a role there overseeing both sales and marketing and kind of combining those two departments, which was really awesome. Yeah. And I've been there ever since. Wow, that's fantastic. And can you expand a little bit for those who may not be familiar with Cryer Malts and their role um, from taking ingredients and connecting them to brewers? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Crymalt's been around um, this year is actually 30 years. So we were start, um, David started 30 years ago in New Zealand. Um, and that's really kind of when craft beer in New Zealand was really only starting up. Um, but yeah, fast forward to now, um, we supply malt, hops, yeast to craft brewers all across Australia, New Zealand, um, also into the Pacific Islands, into um, Southeast Asia a little bit as well. Uh, we have warehouses. I think we have four warehouses across Australia and we have two across New Zealand um, and now have sales managers and um, customer service and our operations and logistics team. And I can tell you from back when I started, the team has over doubled, which is awesome to see. And, and we've really grown, which is really cool. Yeah, that's wonderful to hear. Uh, you know, I, I truthfully do not know a 
lot about the New Zealand and Australian craft beer market. So I was very excited to have you on because I wanted to learn all about it um, and get some more information directly from someone who's very familiar. So could you kind of share a little bit more about like what the current demographic of the Australian New Zealand craft beer industry is like? Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, we're definitely, well, I guess you'd say that the demographic here in Australia is very similar to the US, but I feel like we're definitely a couple of years behind where the US is. Um, We tend to, like at the moment, we're going through the whole haze craze and everything like that. Um, Seltzers have been picked up by craft brewers over the last um, six to eight months to a year type of thing. So we do tend to kind of follow on those trends. Um, we It's great to see kind of in the last, well, definitely since I started, um, more and more females coming into the industry and more and more females taking brewer lead positions as, and also management roles as well. I feel like when I started, there was not a lot of females in management positions. And it's great now to see kind of a lot more women stepping up and being able, well, being offered those opportunities as well as I think a big driving force behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Hearing that that advancement to leadership opportunities is really important in, in advancing because uh, then it, it's like a roller co- or a, a domino effect of then you're able to recruit more women um, into the industry as well. So that's really great to hear about how there's, you know, there's been a shift over the last couple of years. I mean, you've been able to witness that and, and see it grow as well. That's what, you know, we're seeing here um, in the U.S. and we're hoping to encourage more growth. Um, we just we do want to see more women represented. I think across all the various fields within the industry, there's just so much potential for um, what these individuals can bring to the to the craft beer industry. Yeah, no, definitely, and even and even in Cryomalt, I think when I started, there was only a, a couple females in the business, and if you look at us today. Um, we have out of our three kind of senior management management positions two of us are women um in our logistics department our procurement department um our customer service department um even in our warehousing department so we definitely yeah it's it's been a big shift but it's awesome to see that people are are really interested and really keen to get a part of the industry that we're in yeah that's fantastic what type of setbacks has COVID caused for the Australian um, craft beer industry? And and also kind of expanding on that, like how has that affected your role and you personally within that? Yeah, so I think kind of the setbacks that we've seen in well, the last, like I feel like Melbourne and Victoria is, is a lot, very unfortunate state to be in for the last two years, that's for sure. We've We've gone through some really long lockdowns. We were in lockdown for most of last year while the rest of Australia was open and operating. Um, And we've been in lockdown for most of this year now as well, unfortunately, with outbreaks and and everything and low vaccination rates. So I think kind of what you've seen is a lot of growth opportunities or development opportunities that breweries had in their plans have had to be pushed back. what we're seeing at the moment as well is, is people are upgrading their equipment and upgrading their systems, but due to lockdowns, stuff like that is just constantly getting delayed because you can't get help in, you can't have people on your site, um, everything like that. But 
I guess it wouldn't be a setback, but what's really cool to see is that a lot of craft breweries and a lot of breweries have had to adapt their business model. Like now um, breweries' beers are more accessible to consumers across Australia than they ever have before because they've had to change their business model. They've had to pack all the beer into cans. They've had to look at some sort of postal service to ship their beers across Australia. So now people are able to actually try beers from different regions that they've never had the opportunity of trying before unless they kind of travelled up there and visited the brewery. It kind of creates more access uh, rather than just, you know, local accessibilities to certain breweries or to certain beers. Now people have the power of, of distribution across a greater area. It's, it's been very interesting to see how much it has accelerated, you know, distribution, like where I think a lot of breweries who would never have gone down that route or at least not till five, ten, you know, ten years down the road, all of a sudden were their timeline just was speeding up and looking into cans. How can we get this into the hands of those who can't come to us? It's really been interesting to see. And it sounds like that's exactly what's being reflected um, in, in the market as well. Yeah, exactly. And especially for us in Melbourne, it's more of a, oh, okay, have we got a week where we've got some freedom instead of being in lockdown? So it's definitely the norm of kind of learning to trade while in lockdown at the moment. Okay, okay. Very interesting. And have you have you experienced, you know, at Cryer Malt and within your own role? What has that looked like with those hurdles that COVID has presented? Well, yeah, I think for the for the marketing side, side, the hardest thing is is kind of being able to, for Cryo Malt, events is such a big part of our marketing department. Right. We are very events heavy. We, um, we support a lot of industry functions, um, things like Good Beer Week and BrewCon, which is like the Australian version of the Craft Brewers Conference. Um, having things like that where you just don't know what, going ahead and then you spend months and months planning it and then unfortunately it gets cancelled or it gets postponed and and it's not a waste but it almost feels like it's a waste and I think that's what's been the hardest part is also with border closures we've had to really kind of adapt our presence at a lot of events as well because we haven't been able to travel there and haven't been able to attend so we've almost looked at some kind of ambassadors you would say which were um craft brewers in the industry that are big supporters of cryo malt that we've we've brought in if we had to present or something to jump in for us and and kind of be that person yeah it sounds like you've gotten creative in in finding solutions to how to to continue to keep your presence there and make sure you're you're continuing those connections that you've built yeah, you've definitely had to. And and I think the hardest thing as you see this is that I'm, I'm sure it's the same in the US, but in Australia, the craft beer community, it's it's still a very small, close industry. Like there's 700 craft breweries across Australia, wow. but the industry is very close. A lot of pe- people pretty much know everyone, but it's also very open. You can give any kind of brewer a call and, and reach out to them and see what's ask for advice if you need. And I think that's the hardest thing is that we went for so long without having any sort of industry gatherings, any industry get togethers. It was almost like you were you were missing that part 
like you were missing kind of that hangout with your friends that you would usually see them kind of every month for a six month period going to events that was kind of all taken away and it was right. it was fine but it was like upsetting it was like I just want to hang out with my friends yeah. at the end of the day yeah and like you said you know it sounds like it's a very tight-knit community based on you know the number the volume of breweries that there are and how frequently you are making connections with them and so then to all of a sudden not have that accessibility to see these people and these organizations or companies that you've built relationships with that is really challenging um especially for i think a tight-knit communities which sounds like um is is part of the australian craft beer market yeah and and i'll reference like for new zealand as well new zealand's the same new zealand's got around 180 breweries across new zealand oh, okay and it is a very well new zealand as it is is a very small country there's only six million people there um and yeah it is a very very small and close community there as well you've got breweries that have been round for 10 plus years and are still round today and, and are the still the kind of big names in craft beer in new zealand as well yeah so can you kind of uh tell me a little bit why uh sales and marketing for a supplier is such an important aspect of the industry. You know, when really thinking about like your role in that department, why is it so important to have a sales and marketing either position or department? Yeah, so I think like, so from the marketing side, marketing for a supply company, I think is very different to marketing kind of business to consumer. At the end of the day, you're marketing business to business but you're marketing to a very small group of businesses. You're, you're marketing to a very small group of individuals. You kind of, you know what, at the end of the day, they just want to create a really good product and that's what you're marketing to. That's what you're trying to sell. And I think it's, it's been quite, it's hard kind of when you first come in and try to understand that industry. And, but once you grab hold of it, it's very hard to explain, but it's a very niche market. Right. And it's awesome because you're kind of able to relate to them and you can market to them and know what they'll enjoy and know what they'll like. And like I said, ours is very event heavy. So a lot of our marketing is really going to industry events and supporting awards nights, running kind of training seminars and and product knowledge sessions and like hop sensory sessions and stuff like that. So that's kind of a big, big, like big role of our marketing side. And then sales, at the end of the day, like sales and marketing complement each other in any any free business. Marketing's there to kind of promote the business to drive sales. Um, So I think for a supply side, it is very, it's a very important aspect of every business. So you, you mentioned earlier that you uh, you went into this, uh, you started working for Cryer Malt um, directly out of university and you didn't have a background in, you know, craft beer or that direction. So what has been that journey like, finding your path now? And it, it's a very unique one to be in this field. And what has that been like, not having any, you know, background in the ingredient production or craft beer and then finding your place within this industry and the role that you're in? Yeah, so I'm I'm very fortunate to have um, a boss like David Cryer who started the business back 30 years ago. And if anyone from Australia or New Zealand 
is listening to this, they would know who David Cryer is. Like he has been around a very long time and is a bit of an industry icon, I would say. Um, and fortunately for me, if you go to any one event and just shadow David for the day, you will probably meet most of the craft beer industry and he will introduce you to most of the craft beer industry as well. Yeah. So that that was absolutely great. I would just kind of follow him for a couple of weeks going through different events and everything. And I, and I would meet so many of our customers. And yes, it's overwhelming, but also I feel like I really thrive in that sort of situation. Like I love to chat to people about what they're doing and their products and what they're producing. So I really, really enjoyed and really kind of um, grew a lot, grew, yeah, grew a lot just from following David around. Um, I think for me as well is I always kind of push myself to learn a lot about what I'm doing. Um, for example, on our malt side, um, Barrett Burst and Malting, which is our parent company over here, they run a malting course, which is absolutely great. So I did that a couple of years ago and, and you kind of really learn about everything from the growing of the barley the whole way through um to yeah malting and what kind of what the brewers are trying to see and what the brewers are trying to get out of each grain that we supply them which is really awesome and yeah i think because i had no knowledge at all of the industry i really kind of tried to push myself to learn a bit more than what anyone would especially because i had that more once i moved into that marketing role and even more now that i've moved into the sales role I want to be able to, I want to know what I'm talking about. Right. I want to be able to have conversations with my customers and be able to offer them some sort of advice or some sort of um, expertise or anything in that area. I don't really want to be able to kind of go into a situation where I have to be like, oh, I'll just get someone to come back to you on that. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like, you know, in addition to having the, you know, the the opportunity to be, um, working with a natural networker, which is just an amazing thing to uh, work with someone who has connections that can you can learn from just by being around them. That's a, a huge opportunity. But also you sought out educational opportunities to make sure that, that you have the knowledge and the skill set to continue growing within your role and to make sure that you're also providing, you know, education and you know, uh, back to your customers so that you can carry on this conversation, answer any questions that they may have as well. It sounds like, right? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's really important because it is such a niche market and it's not, yes, you can bring kind of any sort of sales and marketing skills into the business, but unless you actually understand what the product is that you're marketing and how it works and how it performs and what are the brewers looking to see out of that product, it kind of prevents you from being able to do your job at 100%. Right. So this kind of relates to, you know, I'm curious, you know, what what types of qualities do you see in yourself that have served you well in this industry? Um, You know, even considering, you know, you didn't have this background, but you've you've pursued this career path. What personal attributes do you feel like have have served served you well in that journey? Yeah, no, so definitely think a lot of my qualities I get from my family. Um, My family is a group of very strong individuals um, that can be very loud at times. Um, I think that 
definitely helps us in any sort of social situation, that's for sure. Um, but from a young age, my family pushed me to be very independent. Um, they did. They allowed me to kind of really choose the path that I wanted to be on. Um, they supported me any way they could, but they really kind of allowed um, myself and I have a younger brother um, to go and do whatever we really wanted to do. And straight out of uni, when I took this job, mum and dad have been like my greatest support and have really pushed me. And I've reached out to them a lot with advice as well. And it's been really, really awesome to kind of have that. And that's definitely helped. I also like, I love working with others. I love collaborating with people. Um, I think I would say most of my team know that I, I call a lot of them about, I speak to probably every one of my team every day sometimes mm -hmm. and love just reaching out to them, getting advice on things, working collaboratively. And I think that has kind of come through um, with brewers as well as I, I love working on collab beers with people. I love getting involved in brew days and getting a part of stuff. And um, I know I work very closely with James Monching, who's the YCH Australia and New Zealand hops manager. I work really, really closely with him on all the pink boots hops and collaborating on the brew days down here. And um, also the pink boots hop blend selection I run that selection process every, for the last two years, I've run it down here for Australia and run a virtual selection session where we've gone through and done some sensory on the hops and, and everything. So I love really kind of working collaboratively on a lot of aspects of my job. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, on the first episode, we had uh, Tessa and Tiffany, who are our sensory team here, and, you know, they kind of get the start of the Pink Boots blend selection, and they're there throughout, and so it's so interesting to hear, you know, um, you're coordinating the selection on the, with the customer, you know, with the customers, with brewers, with the Pink Boots chapters, uh, so that's really great to kind of get that connection from, directly from our sensory team here at YCH, and then hearing about the Pink Boots blend selection that you help coordinate and, and make sure that it goes off smoothly. Uh, that's fantastic. I think... It's so awesome that we've been able to kind of get chapters further afar just from the US involved in it. Um, I know the, the girls down here in Australia, we absolutely love running those sensory sessions. It's a lot of fun. We've, we've managed to mix it up with different members each year. And um, we've also seen from getting more of our members involved in that process, we're getting more breweries aware of what the Pink Boots blend is supporting and what's it, what it's doing and and getting more and more breweries using it as well, which is really awesome. Yeah, it's um, from what I've I've heard and learned that this year is the largest global reach and involvement and participation that we've had in the Pink Boots blend selection, which is you know really cool to hear about. Just that it has now, while there's setbacks that usually selection would happen at an event, now through this virtual platform, we've actually been able to bring in more women, um, more chapters from all across the world into the selection process. It just increases that accessibility. So it's really been cool to hear about and learn about from, from Tessa and Tiffany and then all of the chapters all over um, participating. So it's been really exciting. Yeah, so, and there's also um, down here in Australia is the Pink Boots um, organization down here in Australia. They actually operate as a separate entity to the US um, group as well. So what's really awesome is that 
Yeah, Kamachief and Cryer actually donate directly to Pink Boots Australia for the hops that we sell down here. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a separate donation because um, Pink Boots Australia is kept, is very, operates very separately. Um, so that drives a lot more people to get behind it as well because they're knowing that that profit from that blend is actually going directly into the Australian organisation. Yeah, fantastic. What makes you passionate about working in this position in this field? I, I love the culture. Right. I think I love the culture and I love the passion that a lot of my customers have. I really do. It's it's awesome getting out and visiting people and seeing them and just seeing people excited about ingredients, mm-hmm. like seeing people excited about what they can do and what they're they're making. Um, I think it's such an awesome industry to be a part of that it's not as competitive as what you would see in other industries. Brewers are very happy to uh, to help out another brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're ha- they're happy to offer advice if someone's having an issue or a problem, and like people are willing to help. If someone close by is short on an ingredient, they're they're happy to lend them some and, and get replacement stock sent out. Like I feel like you don't see that a lot in other industries. Right. It is very unique. It is very unique. Yeah, you don't see that kind of coming togetherness that you see in craft beer, like awards nights when people win. You have the entire room for some breweries, like stand up and absolutely, like it's awesome to see just the support that people give others. Right, yes. It it is really cool to see, you know, it's uh, this tight-knit community it's huge, you know, when you think about it from a global perspective, but also people want to see others succeed and, and whatnot. So it is really cool to see. I'm glad you brought that point up. Yeah, definitely. And I've been fortunate enough to kind of travel to, to different regions and um, globally as well. And visiting breweries globally, they all share that same sort of culture. Mm-hmm. Like they're happy to welcome you in, show you around, um, give you a beer to try and everything like that. It's, it's just awesome to see that it's not just down here in Australia and New Zealand. It's actually globally that you experience the same experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Have there been any specific mentors that have helped inspire you and guide you on your career journey? Yeah, definitely. Like, I can't go past my boss, David. He has been just the most most amazing mentor over the last kind of six years. He has really pushed me when I needed to be pushed in certain areas. Um, him and I have a very honest relationship, which mm-hmm. is great, um, because it's definitely helped me work on some areas I needed to work on. Um, but as well as that, I'm very fortunate that our Pink Boots Australian president, Tiffany Waldron, is one of my best friends. And she has been just an amazing mentor to me. I reach out to her on a lot of things that are going on and ask for advice. And she's just been really, really good, which is, yeah, great. And then there's definitely some other people like um, Christina Wood from Liberty Brewing in New Zealand. She is a really good friend of mine and I can always kind of talk to her if I'm in a sticky situation or need some help there. 
Um, and also Zoe Ottaway, who is based here in Melbourne and works for a, a independent brewery called Brick Lane Brewing. Um, but she's been through kind of little creatures and, and mountain goat and she has a lot of experience and she's been in the industry a really long time and she has a lot of really good marketing experience, which it's great to kind of bounce ideas off her sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess the list could definitely go on. Yeah. Like, it it really could. I'm very fortunate that on my marketing side, our business has a global marketing team. So um, Country Malt Group in the US is actually our sister company. So I work very closely with their marketing team and then Brewers Select, which is like the same as us in the UK, um, I work very closely with their marketing team as well. So it's great to kind of have that global team that we can really bounce ideas off and see what they've done up in their industries and how we could kind of probably adapt it and work it down here, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. What are some of the proudest projects that you've had the opportunity to to work on? Oh, that's a hard, that's a really hard one, I think. Um, probably, like, let, let's go back to, like, pre-COVID times when we could actually do things and get out and about. Um, probably one of them was BrewCon, which is ours, like I said, our CBC. Mm-hmm. Um, the last BrewCon, I actually built our entire stall out of cardboard. I heard about that. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so um, there's this really awesome company down here in Melbourne called Box Wars, which builds just these awesome massive sculptures out of cardboard. Um, And our stall was quite a big stall. I think it was around six by nine metres. So it was quite a big floor print. And we had this big cardboard stand built. Like everything was made out of cardboard from the benches to the walls um we had giant big um we had like big hop vines down the side we had like a combine harvester which looked like it was harvesting grain going along one of the walls and it was all 3d and all built and it was a huge build because when you think about it all the cardboard gets laser cut and then you get that fun job of picking it all out of the the flat boards and then having a lot of hot glue to glue everything together um but once it was up it was awesome and it was great to kind of take a sustainability angle to an event that at the end of it you tend to have a lot of waste from printing these boards and using these items once off um so yeah it was great to kind of bring that in yeah that's so that's really cool i I actually, before I even got into this industry, I remember seeing a picture of this booth of uh, that saw, saw it completely built out, and it was beautiful. It was really cool um, to, to learn about. And now I'm I'm very excited now that I get to see who was <laughs> behind that. I had no idea, so that's really cool to learn about. And and can you expand a little bit on the inspiration for why you wanted to go to go that route of using a completely cardboard built booth? Yeah, so each year I kind of, I guess every year I try and challenge myself of doing something different to them what we've done before. Mm -hmm. I don't like going in the same sort of stall or the same sort of design. And a couple of months earlier at Good Beer Week, 
one of my customers, Hawkers, had actually built their stall at Gab's, which is a, a big beer festival, that actually built their stall at Gab's completely out of cardboard. Mm-hmm. And I was there and was chatting to them and I was like, this would be awesome for BrewCon. If I could get them to build me a stall, this would be so cool. Yeah. Um, so I touched base with them slowly afterwards and, and started working on it and I really kind of I sent them a lot of material around what we do and um, oh, like harvesting and hop vines and being very agricultural and everything like that and just sent them everything and, and they started sending me back kind of different aspects and different mock-ups and we kind of ended up taking little bits of every design and bringing it all together for the final product based on what we needed to work. And I'm just really pleased it came together. Um, so I probably have to say it, it was because Hawkers did their gab stall out of it. That is the reason I went down that angle. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was something different. It's something that Australia hasn't had done before. No one had had a full stall made out of cardboard. Right. And it was yeah, and just find like searching actively searching for ways that you can um, find a sustainable avenue for for these events. It's that's really cool to hear about and to see. Um, you know, I I think that's it's creative, it's innovative, and the the inspiration behind it is very meaningful. I think that's that's awesome. What a cool contribution, and I'm sure probably inspired a lot of other people to find ways that they could increase sustainability as well. Like, oh, that was a really cool project. What, what can we do? You know, it starts turning those wheels of what can we do um, after that. So that's really cool to learn about. Yeah, definitely. And I was just amazed with the level of detail that they went into. Like, if you ever looked up closely at photos of, like, the Combine Harvester, it had every sort of detail you could possibly imagine on it. And um, we did three beers to serve at Brucon and they actually made the full like can design in quite a large format of each can which was really awesome and I still have them on my office wall at the warehouse at the moment I still have them because I just don't want to let them go they're such a cool piece of cardboard yeah that's awesome I know this is an audio platform I wish we could (laughs) show pictures (laughs) of it might have to send like share a link in the in the description or something for for the pictures of this booth that's really cool have you experienced any any challenges so far in your profession and and if so what lessons were you able to gain from those challenges yeah definitely I I feel like when you start any sort of new job, especially in an industry that you don't really know a lot about, you always feel like that's le- there's that level of having to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, even and like even more so in an industry that is male dominated. Right. Um, I know we're we're definitely moving into the right direction, but start like back when I started, I was twenty one. Um, I didn't know a lot of females in the industry at that point in time um, and I was, yeah, it was very, I guess that was a very big challenge was kind of going into an industry where you, I was quite young um, and I felt like I was being judged a little bit and having to prove myself that I knew what I was doing and I knew what I was talking about. Right. Yeah, so I'd say that's my that was probably my biggest challenge. Um, 
Now, I don't really experience that anymore, but I definitely still see it with other people, new people coming in that are just starting up. And do you feel that when you can, you can kind of identify that someone else is feeling similar to how you felt during that time, is it easier then to reach out or, or to kind of work together and understand where they're coming from in that situation? Yeah, definitely. I think, like, in my opinion, it's a lot easier to reach out now. Mm -hmm. um, Pink Boots over here is a lot more established. It's got a lot more um, support systems set up and everything. And I think one of – so Pink Boots Australia recently launched, like, a mentor-mentee program. Wow, very cool. Um, which was really, really awesome. And the mentors – we're not limited to females in the industry. They they could be any any person in the industry from any from logistics to operations to warehousing to brewing to marketing. Like it it really was kind of any area. And then members could apply to be mentees, and they went through a process where they would pair people up, but um, based on where the skill set was and what they wanted to learn about and ran are running the program like that and i think that's absolutely awesome i think that's what we need we don't want to limit those mentors to only be females mm -hmm. allowing kind of anyone in the industry with expertise to help out um is great and it's great to see as well that you can people are a lot more confident now coming in and having a support system like that right is really cool. yeah that's a really cool program to to learn about that it's very structured in, in giving opportunities for um, people to learn from, you know, established, experienced uh, individuals throughout all these various fields um, and see what kind of knowledge they can they can gain. That's really cool and interesting to hear about. Can you, can you suggest any groups or resources that you would recommend for other women that are looking for more ways to get involved in the industry? I think... In terms of the brewing industry, I definitely think Pink Boots is the way to go. Mm -hmm. um, the Pink Boots team, at the end of the day, is made up of a group of volunteers that are more than happy to donate their time to help out women in the industry, people in the industry, offer advice, um, like reaching out to them on social media. Mm -hmm. I know the people that are reading those messages are more than happy to help. They're more than happy to kind of put you in touch with someone if they aren't able to offer the advice that you need. Right. I definitely think that's the, the best way. And I think with social media these days and how much it's growing as well, it's very easy for people to reach out to other people these days. Mm -hmm. It makes it a little and bit easier to – I think it just um... – kind of takes down a barrier. I, I feel very comfortable, you mm -hmm. know, reaching out to someone just with some questions. It feels very um, informal, but also an opportunity to, to connect with different people from all over. Yeah, I definitely think people are a lot more comfortable to reach out over social media and kind of send a message than they are to kind of pick up a phone, pick up the phone and give someone a call. Right. So, you know, in your experience while at Cryer Malt and over the last couple of years, uh, what are some supportive efforts that you have observed as far as promoting and empowering women in the industry? Has there anything that, you know, like a specific brewery has done to be more inclusive or any collaborations or organizations, events, or, or policies that you have seen um, and feel have had a positive impact? Yeah, so 
I think for me, one of the big ones I've seen that have really resonated is that Pink Boots Mentor Program. Mm -hmm. That's really the only one that I know of that I've um, made, how would I say it? The only one where I've really invested time to look into what it's about and encourage people to apply for it as well. Um, I think that definitely is offering great support. Um, it's also great to see that a lot of businesses these days are taking, are implementing some initiatives. Um, I know like on our side, we put our staff through, um, we run an internal molting course. We also run internal training sessions and sensory sessions and everything to kind of help all areas of our business learn about the product and learn about what it does. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great to really see that businesses are taking kind of that education side a lot more seriously and starting to implement that in for new employees and and supporting employees wanting to further the education as well. Right. That's awesome. You know, creating internal resources to help your own employees succeed, your own company, um, you know, grow and be successful. I think that taking those steps is really helpful to elevating the entire group as well and finding opportunities for um, employees to maybe seek out new skills, new positions, or get more involved in, in various aspects. Yeah, definitely. What advice would you like to give other women looking to enter the beer and brewing industry or those that are just starting out their careers? Um, I definitely think just give it a go. <laughs> like, I feel like a lot of people have a lot of reserved thoughts and feelings and just completely jump into it. Take every opportunity that you can. Um, I think it's really important, though, to take the time to head to industry gatherings, to head to um, events that are going on, introduce yourself, talk to people, make those connections. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, take the time to meet people and understand their story. Because it definitely, I think, will come back. Like, it will help you in the long run. Right. Kind of sounds like push, pushing yourself out of the comfort zone a little bit and kind of jumping with, with both feet in. Yeah, definitely. Like, I know there's so many people out there that will take the time to talk to you. And making those connections at the start is great for five, ten years down the track because you probably will still have those connections. Right. And be able to always kind of bounce ideas off each other and reach out to people. Like it's really great to kind of spend time setting up that support network. Yeah, and I think back to when I was asking you about, you know, the mentors that, that you have worked with, you know, you have this great network of a support system around you where you can take different ideas, you can learn from people, and that's, that's how this starts is by putting yourself out there at industry events, um, seeing if you can connect with anyone outside of your organization, making those introductions. And then next thing you know, you have someone, a resource that you can go to and, and learn from long-term. 20 years from now, which I know is a very long time, what would your vision for the industry be? I know definitely what, like, I think 20 years from now, I'd love to look back and see whether some of these trends are still around. Mm -hmm. I really would. Like, Will seltzers still be a thing? Um, is haze crate still going to? Is that still going to be what brewer like what people are brewing, or is it going to a lager is going to make a comeback? Mm -hmm. Like, I do absolutely love a lager, and I think it would be awesome to see like if the next trend was around 
liars. That's just my own opinion. Right. Um, but I'd love to see a big drive for sustainability. Yeah. I really yeah. would. I'd like to see um, businesses kind of looking into how they can adapt some of their common practices to be more sustainable, looking at everything from like packaging to um, their ingredients and the carbon footprint of their ingredients. Um, and yeah, doing their bit there. I know like I'm very fortunate that our team are working on some things at the moment that we're looking at bringing out, but it's it would be great to see that kind of have a really big push um, across the industry. And also what I really like to see is I like to see how the whole paddock to pint situation develops. Right. Like I'd love to see whether some, like 20 years from now, I'd hope that almost some sort of technology is developed around being able to pinpoint where every ingredient in that beer comes from and having like that information accessible on every can or anything. So the consumer can, simply scan a QR code and, and understand where the ingredients have come from and, and what's gone into it and everything like that. I'd love to see kind of how that paddock to pint story develops mm -hmm. and how it evolves over the next 20 years. I think that's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, that's that's a really exciting aspect of, of the industry is there's this, there's this increased interest, growth, and in, in value in people consumers want to know uh you know brewery customers want to know exactly where these ingredients are coming from also what's the story behind them um so there's a lot of, of from from a supplier standpoint it's really exciting that people want to know exactly where these ingredients are coming from it's like well, we've got some great family farms like we want to tell you about this or or this is this product and it's going to help you you know here's some educational resources about it people are just really interested to learn more about what's going in the final product than I think ever before. It's really exciting. What are yeah, definitely. And I was going to say, I think YCH tells that story better than any other supplier in the industry around the farmers and the passion that the farmers have and how they really love to see where their product is going and what's, mm -hmm. what they're doing. Um, I know a couple of our key farmers over here for Malt in Australia they absolutely love going out and reaching out to our customers and visiting our customers and, and connecting with them and them understanding that that grain that they're buying was only growing just up the road and then malted just down the road from that and then straight into them. So it's really awesome to be able to tell that story. And I think farmers deserve the appreciation, like, they deserve that. They Absolutely. put a lot of hard work into creating this product. Right. Absolutely. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, so when, when we're thinking about, you know, you mentioned uh, sustainability, you know, a vision for the 20 years from now, a vision of sustainability and also a connection uh, to, you know, hopefully through technology or, or somehow um, end consumers are able to learn more about where all of these aspects that go into the end product come from. And what are some things that you feel you personally can contribute to make this happen? I think definitely around that paddock to pint story. I know I'm trying to, I'm trying to really connect a lot of our key customers at the moment to um, helping make that connection. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of, how I'm trying to contribute at the moment. I'm trying to, 
how would you say it? Like I know we're trying to do it, um, especially around the hops that we're using and we're doing some of those, the, the farm, the farmer collaborations and everything down here. We're starting to do some of those, which is really, really awesome. But also on the malt side as well, we're trying to connect our customers with the farmers and, and this is not in beer, but we have a local distillery that um, we've selected their grain for the year from one farm down the road and it's malted just down the road as well. And it's, great for them that they can say that this all came from Western Victoria. Right. This is all malted, grown, everything in Western Victoria and delivered to us in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really awesome to kind of make that. Yeah, that connection. Make, yeah. yeah. It's, it makes it more rich, I think, from those that are involved in the production and also those who are, are consuming it. Everyone walks away, I feel, very fulfilled when you're able to to bridge that that connection and make that happen so that sounds like a really cool project to be working on yeah definitely but even like even internally like um we have malting sites across australia and offering that education to our maltsters that are doing a lot of hard work to make the grain um a product for us to send out showing them who the customers are that it's going into and and connecting with them. And I know our customers absolutely love kind of making that connection and reaching out to them and just saying thank you. Right. Like I feel like sometimes they're almost protected by the sales managers, but it's awesome to kind of have that direct contact direct to the site. Yeah, absolutely. And allowing them to see that their product is going into so many great beers that are on the shelves across Australia. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really cool to, to, to be able to make that, um, you know, like, like exactly as you mentioned, to be able to have that direct connection and to make that happen. Um, before, before we close, what are some key takeaways that you have for our listeners? I think I have like two, which I kind of always stick with me, like wherever I go. One of them is just always to keep learning have an open mind don't ever go into a situation um with a very like closed mind go in and listen listen to people's advice um don't be afraid to accept when you might be wrong Mm -hmm. i think that's a great great way to learn um another one is just have fun we're in such an awesome industry it's such a small niche industry it's growing and changing so rapidly like I just, I think we're all here to have, it's awesome that we love our job and we love what we do and we're in an industry that it's it's fun to get out there and see our customers and do what we do and go to events and everything. So yeah, I think just have fun with it. Yeah, it is fun. I mean, there is a lot of opportunity to, it, it's exciting. There's, it's a very creative industry. Um, I you know, joining it, I feel exactly how, as you stated. It's there's lots of events, there's cool things going on all the time, and so if you go in with that mindset of you know always keep learning, listen, also know when to accept that you're wrong. That's a huge one. <laughs> it's not an easy one, but it's it's a good one. And then to make sure that you're having fun throughout, and that's, that's those are great tips to to walk away from. Uh, thank you, Steph, for joining the podcast today. I really appreciate learning more about your career journey and all of your insights that you shared with us. Uh, Thank you to listeners. Uh, If you support our goal of creating something bigger than beer with this platform created to raise up the voices and contributions of women in the hop and craft beer industry, 
Please be sure to download episodes, subscribe so you don't miss new episodes coming out on Friday each week, and let us know how we're doing with reviews. We really do value your feedback. Um, let's all do our part in making a better tomorrow for the hop and beer community so that the people within it can thrive. Together, let's create something bigger than beer.